Hey everybody. So, few things. We have a new president now and COVID is still going on. As you all know, hang in there, continue to hang in there. But I'm going to try to make it a little happier for at least 30 minutes or so. So who I have today is my friend, Jeff Thompson. Jeff Thompson, he is the guy that is hidden in plain sight. When you see the movie Drumline and you see the big white guy playing the tuba, he doesn't have any speaking parts, but he's all through the movie. This is him. This is my boy, Jeff Thompson, who marched at Mars Brown and also at Mississippi Valley State. And so I wanted to have him on here to talk about his experiences marching for Morris Brown. And let's just be honest, being a white guy at a HBCU, in a HBCU band, y'all know what's up. So I will give the floor to my buddy, Jeff, and hope you have a good week. Okay, I'm I'm here with my good friend. Been knowing him forever and a day. <laughs> it's really good to to talk to him after it seems like a, a little bit since we've talked, but um anyway, here is my friend Jeff Thompson, better known as Godfather. At least that's my nickname for him. That was his name on the fifth. <laughs> yeah, good old days of the fifth. Yeah, yeah, yes. Jeff, you went to Morris Brown. You played the tuba. You were like in the Olympics band when the Olympics came to Atlanta. You know, and of course, you were known as the white guy with the tuba in drumline. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I brag all the time to my friends, like, I know people in drumline. You know the white guy would play his tuba? That's my friend, Jeff. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Um, tell me, like, wh wh what's your hometown? My hometown is actually Albany, Georgia. Okay, uh, Albany, Georgia. When I was, I grew up there, went to Doherty Middle School, Doherty High School, graduated from Doherty High in 96. Started playing tuba in 1989. And what grade um, was that? That was sixth grade. I was going into middle school. Okay. And what made you choose tuba? Um, honestly, I think tuba chose me. And I say that because as most kids who are at that age, if you're a music educator, you know that everybody in the world thinks they can play the drums. Mm -hmm. But some of us aren't coordinated enough to do that. I was one of those people that wasn't coordinated enough to play drums. So... The band director suggested that I try out tuba, and lo and behold, I kind of enjoyed it. Okay, good, good. So you played all through high school, and what was your high school band like? Were they core style? Were they high step yep. in? Yeah. My high school band director, his name is Jerry Bracey. A lot of people will know that name because he works at Hampton University. He's over the orchestra and uh, the jazz bands there. Mr. Bracey is, was like a father to me in, in high school. And he took me under his wing and, and you know, really made sure that I, I did what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it. And he always held me to a high standard. And I really appreciate him to this day because had it not been for him pushing me the way that he pushed me, and there were a few others that pushed me along the way. Donna Ray Hill, which a lot of people would know, and he will probably hate the fact that I called his 
full name out. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Ray Hill was the tubosexual leader of FAMU, uh, 1991. And he was the, he was the new middle school director at the middle school that I had just left to go to high school while my new, while the high school band director had just gotten there for high school. So we had two brand new band directors at Doherty Middle and Doherty High. Mr. Hill, I believe, was only at Doherty Middle for one year before he went up to Atlanta and started working with the bands at DeKalb County. He, he worked, I know, specifically with uh, Southwest DeKalb. Okay. But um, he's the one that actually taught me how to project, project my sound on tuba initially. Of course, when I got to Morris Brown, I got, you know, a little bit more assistance <laughs> with with projecting yeah that was that was the middle school high school stuff i did all the honor bands and stuff i did i was i did five years of all state i was all state eighth grade through 12th grade i did six years of district honor band seventh grade through 12th grade five years of all county two years of marine corps honor band because we had a marine base here in in Albany, and they did a honor band clinic with uh, high schools here. And then you mentioned the Olympics. Yes, I was in the Olympic band. And the Olympic band actually had a symphonic band that did special ceremonies uh, during the Olympics, and I was a part of that group as well. So this was you. This was when you were. Were you in high school? I had when... just graduated from high school. Right. When, okay. When the Olympics hit. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. It was the summer of '96. Okay. Okay. I follow. So let's see what else. So were you like section leader or anything or while you were sex- in school? I was sex leader as far as, <laughs> I was sex leader as far as I was concerned. But uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I had a fellow tuba player named Mark Taylor uh, that served as sexual leader and I was perfectly fine with it. He did all the other work while I could just do be a play. Okay. You know, I I much rather just get there and play than have to follow up behind people. Mm-hmm. You are one of the most laid back people that I know, so I, I really appreciate that about you. Because um, you know, good balance of friendship. You you just it doesn't surprise me that you would be the person that you know is like, oh okay, you go ahead and lead. You you know, I don't have to be out there. I can just you know play my horn and just do my thing. You, you know what's really got me to that point? Being a band director. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we're going to get to that a little later. We're going to get to that a little later. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you, you, you're getting ready to graduate from high school. And tell me about Morris Brown. So what made you want to go to Morris Brown? And specifically, like, you know, if you want to talk about, like, going to an HBCU, had you applied to any um, PWRs? Or did you always know you wanted to go to a black college? My, my, my exposure to Morris Brown was, was limited. Albany had a little, you know, a, a little TV station that used to broadcast the Albany State games there in town. So, of course, they didn't have, they didn't have commercials. It was just a straight live feed from the, from the game. So I got a chance to see the halftime show from the 95 game between Morris Brown at Albany State. But earlier that year when they played, um, Morris Brown played Clark Atlanta for the Labor Day Classic 
over in what was then Memorial Stadium. I forgot the name of what it's called now. And over in Decatur, I got I got a chance to hear them then, and I I watched that game on Sports South, and I was I was really I was like, man, I really like the way they sound, and I like the way they they set up. I like everything that's going on there with them. But that was about the extent of my exposure to Morris Brown. Later on that school year, which would have been the spring of 96, Cleopas Johnson and the band foundation president, uh, not band booster president then. Yes, Morris Brown had band boosters. I can't remember that gentleman's name right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, they came to Albany to recruit. And I was there and everybody in the room because of, I guess, the rep- the reputation of our band. All of us were offered scholarships. Um, a lot of a lot of people in that, I ain't going to say a lot of people, the people that I was close with had made mention that they were interested in going. And, of course, high school students don't think about cost or anything. You know, that's mm-hmm. usually parents parents are looking at at the cost of things and you know i get that letter in the mail saying you've been offered three thousand dollars scholarship to morris brown college three thousand dollars wow i realized that that was this three thousand fifteen hundred one semester fifteen hundred next semester however if it was three thousand dollars in today's world right it may pay for books yeah drop in the bucket yeah (laughs) Yeah, inflation is crazy right now. Yeah, but that's another that's another whole another subject. Yeah, we got to check, my friend. <laughs> yeah, um, the they they were pretty much set on going to Morris Brown. That was our trumpet section leader, um, a trombone player, a baritone player, a clarinet player. They were basically set on going to Morris Brown. So that was four people from the school that was going to Morris Brown. I was. I had basically had my mind set on going to Georgia Southwestern because that's where my band director suggested that I go. So um, that was where I was going to go. But as luck would have it, when they went to uh, show up for pre-drill at Morris Brown and I wasn't there, they were, they were literally asking, where is he at? So you didn't, you didn't go to your first camp, like your freshman camp? I did not show up to our freshman pre-drill camp until Wednesday of the second week. Wow. Okay. So what was that like once you once you got there? Well, being in the big city of Atlanta was definitely different. Of course, I had been there all summer anyway. I knew a few more people because of Olympic band, because some of them were in Olympic band. So I had, you know, a little bit of the network there. And then the people that that they had met prior to me getting there, that first night, I didn't, I, I arrived there on a Wednesday afternoon. And I checked into my room and they said, just go up to your room and we'll see you in the morning. The, whole, the rest of the time, the band's sitting out in the park lot right in front of the dorm that I'm in. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just out there kind of, you know, checking them out and, seeing what they're doing and what I need to mentally prepare myself for. But it was a really good, really good experience. And the, that, that next day, I think I pretty much shut down most of the people that, that wondered why I was there. This is something that, that 
I know it's always looked down upon when it comes to HBCUs, but our book, most of 1996, our book was a, was a combination book of, of some other colleges. Okay. FAMU, FAMU and Southern mostly. But so Morris Brown was playing FAMU arrangements? Yes. Wow. Okay. We played the first song that I got because I had missed all the times of, you know, you need to learn alma mater. I didn't, I didn't get the alma mater first in this, in this setting. The first song that I got that I was given was because it was our drill was a PYT. It was a Carnell Knighton's PYT. Okay. I memorized PYT, I think in about five minutes. Later on that day, we, we were sight reading a piece a day called uh, Rock That by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really nothing too difficult, not for a two part anyway, but there was like this one little lick, boom, 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 That was, that was like, and you know, some people would fumble over it. I got to it and just boom, 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 boom. And everybody was like, mm. and I, I, I didn't have any more, you know, crazy looks or I didn't really have crazy looks anyway. It was my drum major. Wendell called me uh, yesterday. Wendell Major P-A-I-N Stevens um, called me yesterday and said, are you lost? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he was thinking in his, in his head. Or maybe he heard. Maybe that's what he asked me. And I just didn't hear him. And he said that the first thing he asked me, he said, are you lost? Said no. Said no, I'm not. And then um, we, Wendell and I had, we had a really good relationship at Morris Brown. He, the the Thursday, I had to get some paperwork done um, because I haven't, I hadn't gone through the, the registration process. And I think he took it upon himself, or maybe Miss Ellis uh, asked him to uh, show me around campus and and take me where I needed to go to get that done. But as far as being the fact that I was white, it was just, it's just who I am. It's not, not really a choice. It's just who I am. Mm-hmm. But I, I did get that. I did get the question asked of me a lot about, you know, why'd you choose Morris Brown or why'd you choose HBCU? And the, the honest to God answer is it was because of my friends. I would not have been there had it not been for my friends. And I know that's not the, the right answer to, to I'm going to Morse Brown because this program, that, this program, that, that program, this. No, I went to, I went to Morse Brown because of my friends. You know, I've worked with a lot with college students over the years. So like for you to say something like that is really not outside. Like it's, it's, it's not strange to me just because mm-hmm. like there are more people that choose colleges because of their friends than they probably want to admit. So just yeah. know that, you know, you're okay there. <laughs> I thought like this, I do not regret it. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I do not, I, I don't regret it one bit. Cause you read Mars Brown to the fullest. <laughs> uh, purple pride, purple blood, it's all there. It's yeah. 24-7. 365. Okay. I love Morris Brown. So, so you really just kind of adjusted quickly. Like there was no, like, you know, once they heard that you could play, it was just like, oh, okay, this is Jeff here. It's, that's what it sounds like to me. Am I, am I right? 
Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. So let's talk about freshman year. So, you know, you, and actually before we do that, let's talk about your, your studies. So you are a music, music ed major? Yes. Okay. And what made you choose music ed? Well, I know I wanted to be a music ed major from the first time that I attended the uh, district honor band in seventh grade. I knew as soon as I heard the, I knew that my experience that weekend had changed my life as far as the way that I wanted to do music moving forward. And then, you know, I sat in the audience and watched the high school bands, the ninth and 10th grade band and 11th and 12th grade band. And I was just sitting there in awe, just, you know, I think my chin was on the floor most of the, most of the concert. It was just because I had never heard the things that I heard that day. And it was really, really transformed my, my uh, direction on what everything that I wanted to do as far as life was concerned. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people don't decide that earlier, at least I don't think they do, but I knew in seventh grade that I wanted to be a band director. Okay. That's good. That's good. You know, uh, another thing that I really enjoy about our friendship, Jeff, is that we can always talk about the serious concert music. Like, you know, we are both band heads, obviously. We love marching band, but we can mm-hmm. have a conversation about symphonic band just just that easy. So mm-hmm. you know, when, when it was your freshman year, okay, you go through the season and everything, and then it's concert season. So tell yeah. me what that was like. Mm, concert season was actually uh, pretty fun. The repertoire was challenging. We actually performed at the, at the HBCU uh, Directors Consortium that year too, in '96, when it was held in Atlanta, we um, we performed. I think for the opening of that of that of that event, we played to tame the perilous skies. Uh, whenever Lark or Eagle flew, I would like. I don't remember everything that we played, but we played you know a good chunk of literature, and um, I think that they were pleasantly surprised with with the with the uh, performance i think some people were thinking that they they put us on first thinking that we were just you know wishy-washy mm-hmm. but we actually did a pretty decent performance okay and we were, and we were playing challenging literature so. right so you know out of your time at morris brown tell me about some games or some concert performances that might have stood out to you as like you know when you look back at it all you know, these are the kinds of things that are coming to your head. Okay. Marching band performances. A lot of 1997. 1997 was a, a building year, in my opinion. Some people may have other opinions, but that's just my opinion. 97 was a building year into what 98 was. And 97, I was actually section leader of, of tubas in 97. But we also had one of our elders, uh, one of the people that had been sex leader prior to me um, getting there that didn't march my freshman year, that came back to the band that second year, my second year. And he had much more knowledge about how to run the section and, and you know, how things were supposed to be done. I like the fact that I was, that, that, that Mr. Ellis and the staff had, the confidence in me to run the section, but mentally, 
I wasn't ready to run the section. Okay. So he ran the section my second year. The third year, we added Blake Gaines to the to the uh, arrangers rotation. So we had we had Blake, we had Kelly, we had Eddie Bugs, we had a few arrangements of Glenn Purdue, who used to sell his his arrangements here in Atlanta, and there were a few Paul Mitchell, a few oh, what's the man's name McGee, a couple of his arrangements that we had um, in our rotation, but. But Blake Gaines' arrangements kind of brought a new sound to our band. I think everybody, you know, kind of kicked their kicked their game up a little bit more when when Blake came around as far as their arrangements, because our arrangements with everybody got better um, from '98 on. The '98 season was good. The '99 season was good. 99, we really recruited. Oh, man, we recruited every game that we had in 1999. Morris Brown spent spent the night somewhere in order to do recruitment, little workshops at different schools around that area. Mm -hmm. We were recruiting like crazy. So 99 was the year that, like, <laughs> is that the one where y'all played? Okay, my years run together. Was that the year y'all played Norfolk State in, in y'all stadium? What year was that? 2001. 2001. Okay. 90, 99 is the one that got ready for the monster that we had in 2000. Yeah, okay. See, that's, that's the Morris Brown that I remember seeing yeah. when I would go down to Atlanta all the time for the fifth. Yeah. And, yeah, you, yeah. yeah so, you were there. You were there for quite a few games in 2000. I remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you. Were, I know you. Were, I know you were there for the Bethune Cookman game, and that that whole weekend was great. Oh, that Cause was good. Yeah, because you had you had uh, Bethune. Bethune was playing us, and that game was at like seven. Clark played Miles. Or maybe, yeah, Clark played Miles or Kentucky State. No. No, it was Clark and Miles. Okay. And then FAM and Tennessee State Mm -hmm. was also there for the Classic. That game started at four. So So you had had three games literally back-to-back, and everybody ended up in Herndon that night. Even if they didn't get there at the beginning, they got their body in so that they can see the fifth. So i tell you what I did. I started out at Clark that morning, walked across the street to the Georgia Dome. So I, I, would, see, I would see halftime of the, of the one o'clock game, walk across the street to the Georgia Dome, spend some time in there and see the FAMU and Tennessee State game. Then I would walk back across the street to Herndon and then just finish it yeah. out in Herndon. Oh, yeah. I love it. And then that next day it was a battle of bands. Exactly. Yeah. All five of the six schools, I think, uh, FAM had a previous engagement in uh, Macon for Macon Battle of the Bands. I'm glad you're clarifying this because it it gets fuzzy to me. I mean, it literally was 20 years ago, though. Yeah, unfortunately, I can can remember stuff that happened 20 years ago. You asked me something that happened yesterday, Mm -mm. (laughs) my short-term memory is shot. Okay. Okay. So let's let's talk about drumline then. That's that should be far back. So tell me about your experience being in drumline. How did you first learn about it? Uh, my experience at drumline actually 
is due to Mr. Ellis. Mr. They reached out to Mr. Ellis and said, and this is just, I guess this is the reality that we're seeing so much of today in social media. But the story that I was told is that the budget needed to be higher for drumline. And the only way that they would make the budget higher is if you had more white people or I guess more diverse people with it being set on a black campus. Really? Um, yeah. You had to, they needed more white people in order to increase the budget for the movie. How true that is, I don't know, but that was the story that I was given. Anyway, um, Mr. Ellis reached out to me and left a message on my phone, on my answering machine. How far along ago was that? Who has an answering machine now? Right. But he, you know, just basically said, hey, they're trying to get some, some white people in the, in the movie and wanted to make you, want to make you aware of it. So if you wanted to do it, you could go over and join the join the A&T band and let me clarify that that's the Atlanta A&T band not the not the North Carolina mm-hmm. A&T band because mm-hmm. you know talking to a Aggie I, I get <laughs> slapped or something no you good you good <laughs> but the we we got we got over to I went over to Southwest Academy because that's where the band was was practicing because the band was basically made up of Southwest DeKalb, um, Clark Atlanta students, and a few sprinkled in FAMU and Morris Brown students. I went over, our trumpet player, Randy went over, and I don't, th- I don't think Frenchie went. Frenchie was our drum major, but he also played cymbals. But I ended up going and actually performing with the group. And that's how I, that's actually how I got into drumline was the was the fact that they needed white people to be in it okay so what were the what were the days like when you were shooting was it one of those 6 a.m to 12 12 a.m the next day kind of deals uh some days were some days were we had um there were days that i most of the morning shots like for instance the day that we shot the that first day of of pre-drill where i arrived late I think our report time was at 4, 4 a.m. Okay. Yeah, we started at 4 a.m. and we would shoot as many shots as we could, you know, that day. They would, I think, if I remember correctly, and this is, this is, a, this is a hunch, I think we did, the, we did that scene. We did a couple of the scenes for the... Um, where they were doing the the sections, where they were introducing the sections. Mm -hmm. We did that scene. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we did the stand scene that day where we were running up the stands. I hated that scene. scene. (laughs) For obvious reasons. You know, when when we were making Drumline, that was a year that I did not march. That That was a year that... That was the year after I finished marching. I literally had not been working out my the only workout that I got was when we practiced over at Southwest. You know, it was it was a little bit of marching, but it wasn't a whole bunch of physical training and running up those steps, especially when you're you're cold because they don't warm you up for for a shot. They just say, "All right, we're gonna shoot this scene here, and this is what you got to do." I was not happy. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's let's fast forward a little bit. So you've done your filming for Drumline and mm-hmm. you you end up graduating from, from Morris Brown with yeah. your with your music ed degree. And if you can just kind of quickly um just give me give me like your first couple of jobs after college. I did I was band director at Thomas Walter Josie High School, better known as TW Josie High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 2003 through 2006, I then went back to school. I went back to Mississippi Valley State. Uh, in 2006, I was in Mississippi Valley State until 2008. So I was there for two years. The first year I was on staff. The second year, I actually got back on tuba and, and played and enjoyed some um, Mardi Gras parades. That was my mm-hmm. first. I got, got a chance to go march some Mardi Gras parades. I, I marched two Zulus, so. That's, that was an experience. I like the Zulu parade. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it just occurred to me. I was like, yeah, you definitely did march in two HBCU bands. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. And, and then, um, so just looking back, like, on your time at, at Morris Brown and everything, like, you know, if, if somebody was listening to this and wanted to take something away about your experience, like, what would you say about it? My experience at Morris Brown was probably the most rewarding experience that I've had in my life. The, the relationships and the friendships and the, the network that you build while you're in whatever school you're in. But, you know, there are people that you meet in college that you will literally know for the rest of your entire life. And they will always be there. As long as you're there for them, they will always be there for you. And I really, I really do my best to stay true and stay connected to the people who were really good friends to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's your, our whole people think that, you know, the whole purpose of life is to, is to, you know, go to school, get you a job and go to work. I, I have a different perspective. I think, I think that, I think that our lives are about the relationships that we build. And if you, if you have a good habit of, of building good relationships, I think that your, your quality of life reflects that rather than your work. Because if your relationships are good, 10 times out of nine, your work, your work is a reflection of those relationships. Yeah, I agree. That's very well said. And you, you've definitely been a friend to me over the years. Like every time I would go, come to Atlanta, it was pretty much guaranteed that you would drop me off at yep. the airport going back. And we would like, you know, sometimes yep. you would, we, we stop and get something to eat and, get something you know, to eat and just kind of recap. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness, good times. And it's like, wow, I haven't even seen you. Like you are one of the original Skyfi box folks. Um, yeah. you know, it, that comes in the skybox with me, that the haunted battle of the band. So I, I really appreciate you um telling your story and and now you're you're in progress, um, doing some new things and moving forward. So I'm very proud of you. Thank you, Christy. And I really appreciate you every time I reach out to you and, and ask you for your assistance. You, you've you always been more than willing to lend a helping hand. So I really do appreciate you. Yeah, I got, I got your back, Jeff. So, all right, then well, we will go ahead and end it here. So take care, everybody. 
You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.